When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined this evening from Brighton, Ashley Priest. Uh, it's the perfect away day, isn't it? Two goals, a clean sheet, my new jacket's arrived in the post today. What a lovely, lovely Saturday I'm having. Aston Villa 2, Brighton nil, or Brighton nil, Villa 2. Ash, just, I mean, it's its only one win against Brighton, but, you know, a, a win makes so much difference to, to the mood. A few games ago, I was saying about, you know, Newcastle feeling like a must win, Watford feeling like a must win, and not for league position, just for the mood and the atmosphere amongst the fan base, and everyone's, you know, joyous and buoyant tonight, as, as they should be. Does it all feel the same down there on the south coast? Yeah, yeah can't stop smiling, mate. Yeah, buzzing with a, uh, an away win, proper good showing. It reminded me of the Palace win back in November. They're very compact, mm. but the game plan was good today. Gerard uh, changed the system a little bit. He went, to, went with two number nines, and it worked a treat for me. Um, restricted Brighton to a, a pot shot at goal from Moorpies late on. I know they hit the bar early, early doors, but other than that, I thought Villa were great value today, and Gerard was full of praise for his players afterwards. Just spoken to him then. Um, and yeah, those all committed to the cause. Much, much better from Villa. What, we've, what we need to see more of, really, and this is what the group can do. They can come to away venues like this. Tough place to come for some. And, and going down a 2-0 victory, clean sheet. Yeah, I can't, couldn't be more happier. And just beyond me there, Perslow and Villa's hierarchy all, all, all buzzing after that one as well. They were gesturing to the uh, players coming down the tunnel just there. Just shows, shows how much it means to them as well. So after a bit of a turbulent week, I'd say, after a home, 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 home defeat, I think all's well now. I think Gerard got a reaction out of his players. And he said a big result like this wasn't too far away and it's proved right today. How close are you to the dugout there, by the way? Literally, honestly. The, I don't know if I can show you, really. If I flip my camera <laughs> around, I'm not sure. So the dugout's just there. <laughs> okay, so, right. So, yeah, yeah you, can see, you can you get Gerard is much more animated today. He wasn't. I was, that's what the reason I've asked you. I was going to ask you. Like I know that you after a match day, that usually the day after you do like a moments missed piece where you kind yeah. of give uh, five or six talking points that maybe fans weren't have seen on the TV and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you pick anything up from the coaching staff being that close to them? Yeah, I mean, ten, ten seconds in, I think uh, Luca Dean had the ball at left back spot. Gerard says, "Come on, come on, quicker." So um, that was the. The emphasis today, start quick. Did you say it in that accent as well? No, 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 no. I won't, I won't, I won't do a scary Yeah, I think Gerard set, set the tempo early doors, start telling, telling Villa to shift the ball quicker. Against Watford last week, we all seen it. Too slow. It was all lackadaisical. Yeah. Whereas today, it was on the front foot a bit more. Um, very committed, like I said. That little moment from Gerard, 10 seconds into it, summed, summed the mood up, really. So, yeah, lots, lots of little telltale signs from the dugout there. I think uh, Gerard. Spent a little time with Douglas Louise when he came off the pitch for Sanson. They whispered in his in, in, in his ear. And uh, I think he was quite complimentary of the Brazilian today. He was a bit better than, than recent weeks and he did, he did well in there. So, yeah, lots to take from it, really, Dan. Really was. 
Um, let's kind of rewind then and go back to team news first of all. When, when that drops, Conte comes back in for Chambers, which is pretty much as expected. There's still people su- suggesting maybe Sanson deserved the start over over Louise, um, which again I think would have been fair. But you know that's a, another conversation. I don't know how long we've got. By the way, obviously me and Matt would normally do 30 minutes. I don't think we've got that kind of time, so I'm trying to get through as quick as I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ings was in though that with Watkins and instead of the two number tens, it's the two number nines up front instead. And that kind of tactical switch to be what four three one two, I guess you'd you'd call it. Yeah, seemed to make Villa better. I know that Pat Rowe, our, our colleagues, posted uh, about the average positions from about the heat map, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and both fullbacks being a lot further back than they were in the last couple of games, and you, you could tell that Villa got that that more control in there. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean they had, they had to be switched <coughs> on at the back, especially in fullback areas. Obviously, Tariq Lamptey was causing, causing a bit of problem down the right-hand side. And likewise, Kukurela down the left, facing up yeah. by him. So, Villa had to be... They didn't have to bomb on as much today, but Cash scored that goal from getting forwards and he almost had a second in the second half. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean Cash, Cash got forward in good spells today, did the right things and got, got his goal as well. So, yeah, I thought the game plan really worked today. They nullified Brighton to, to nothing, really. Apart from the early stages where Brighton hit the bar and... Villa, Villa caught in possession around the edge of the box, but that, that was th- through their own doing, to be honest. So, yeah, Villa great value today, like I've said, and um, restricted right to pretty much nothing, to be honest. And it's a performance that mirrored the Villa's win at Palace earlier in the season. Yeah, I've seen little bits and pieces of it with you know, dodgy internet connections, and I've been working today as well. It didn't feel like Villa weren't that good, I don't think, in, in the bits no. I've seen. Brighton didn't really offer anything. I, I think it was up until like the 70th minute or something. They'd not even had a shot on target. I thought, well, this sounds familiar. For, for That's usually Villa doing stuff like that. Um, so I don't think we're brilliant by all means, but in a way, we in a clean sheet. Like It's so important for confidence, is it more so than anything else? And it's then building on that momentum going into is it Southampton next week or, yep. or Arsenal maybe, or those two are coming up anyway. Yeah. Um, You've got to go and not to say you've now got to go and win and win and win, but it's so much easier doing this job and, and being a footballer, I imagine, when you're winning games. And it, confidence is the biggest thing, isn't it? And it's how we then take this forward into the next game. Yeah, they seem really focused today from, from the half. I know we had the, the trouble before and kickoff being delayed by half an hour. That, that could have mm. that could have made them at a slow start, but they never, they're all in it together today. They're willing each other on. Um, yeah, I mean, middle of the park as well. I thought McGinn played well. Well, I probably rated him a bit too low low for you, Dan. I don't know. <laughs> my, ratings, my ratings are a bit dodgy again because, like you say, Dan, Villa weren't at the scintillating best here. They didn't boss the game. They didn't have much more, much possession. But they did the, they did the gritty stuff well, um, yeah, which yeah. is quite hard to see at times. So, so yeah, my ratings may be a bit dodgy today, but um, I, didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to go too overboard, you see. But like we'll, get say, on, we'll, we'll get on to your ratings in, in a second, mate. Um I'll talk to him. Me and Pat did a podcast in the week, like a short mini episode of the five things Gerard need to, needs to fix. Uh, I mean, yep. you obviously watched that episode and fix things for today, didn't you? That's clearly what's happened. But <laughs> we said like one of the points was trying to control games. And a couple of people in the comments suggested that unless you're Manchester City or Liverpool, you don't really control games in the Premier League, you know, being dominant for 90 minutes. And I understand that. And that's probably, we probably kind of worded our, our point wrongly in that last video. It's, Today is what I mean by controlling games, feeling that I wasn't really really threatened by Brighton at any point. I didn't feel that as the clock was ticking down, oh, we might we might concede here or we might drop points here. I felt in control in that sense. So it's not that Villa were, were excellent and blew Brighton away, but they just did enough in a very kind of bitty game, lots of breaking up play, lots of fouls, loads of yellow cards, which we'll come on to in a second with the ref. Yep. Um, but Villa kind of was streetwise and did things smartly today, and that's what I mean by controlling the game, I think. 
yeah, hundred percent. Like you say, was, I think I think Ezri Conte coming back into the side today helped massively. Yeah, I think we've missed yeah. him the last two games. He was very good today. He was he was very vocal on the pitch. Ezri Conte telling Cash to tuck in those in front of him, McGinn and Ramsey, just to, just to, just to keep things tight when they needed to be. So he was a good influence at the back today. Ezri Conte, we've missed him. And yeah, all over the pitch for me. I think I think, was, I think Villa suffered well today. Some Gerard likes to say, if you suffer well, it means you're not in, not, in, not in possession of the ball. You're taking up good areas. You're forcing Brighton back. And I think Villa suffered well today as a team. Good team shift, like I say. And um, yeah, a trademark away, away, away performance from the Villa today. So no qualms. I mean, they can they can prove today they can go and do it. Um, yeah. And win ugly. I know it wasn't too ugly. Two fantastic goals. They got the nose in, in front. And they defended well when they needed to be. I think Mings was decent today. Got an assist Mings, like you mm. say. And all over the pitch, they did their jobs to a man. And Gerard's had, had him in this week. Cracked their heads together a little bit and said, come on, we're better than this. And um, they did. They went out there and showed it today. So onwards and upwards, upwards to Southampton next week. A tricky game at Villa Park, that one. A side yeah. Villa want, want to overtake. So, um, yeah, it'll be an expected Villa Park crowd next Saturday. And rightly so, after what we've seen today. Let's go through your player ratings. I don't know whether you've got them in front of you, but but you have changed them twice now for me. I've had to make a graphic. I think it's gone out on Twitter. I don't think it's gone oh, out on Facebook yet. I've had to change a few of the numbers you put in. Your, your first one, I think McGinn was a six, and I said McGinn's too low. I thought yeah. I thought McGinn was man of the match for me. Yeah, he was I think, I think you, I? I think you gave it to to Watkins. Obviously, he scores a goal, breaks yeah. that. Oh, that, um, that was that, a safe, safe option that one, Dan. Give it the goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Kind of breaks that um, streak of not scoring. I think it was uh, December fourteenth or something yeah. against Norwich. He scored last, so you know, really good to see him on the score sheet. I've got McGinn. I think the this stuff we were saying there about Villa being in control to an extent of you know not being threatened. McGinn playing well is key to that, and he's. Yes. He can be quite inconsistent, and you you kind of have two or three games where you think McGinn was brilliant today, and then two or three you think don't know what he's in there for. He's he's gone missing a little bit. Yeah. McGinn plays well. I don't know what the stats are here, yeah, but Villa tend to win. It feels like. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like you say, McGinn did the nitty gritty bits well today. He broke up the play well, and he, he was everywhere, wasn't he? Um, so busy in that, in that middle of the park. Yeah, I mean, I like to see McGinn getting on the end of things and scoring goals and really creating stuff. We didn't see that today. We've seen the other side of them again, what he can do, what he can he can be a defensive-minded player when he needs to be. When you come on the road to places like this, you need people like McGinn in the side. So people have questioned McGinn's performances of late. Rightly so, okay. But when the, when the going gets tough, you need players like McGinn in there. You know what you're going to get from him. He'll be 110% committed. And like you say, when you're on a poor run of form, you need them players in there to, to really dig in deep and Others can bounce off that. So McGinn, top top marks today. I bumped him up a couple of marks. I think he's an eight out of ten now for me, Dan. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> eight. I think I only got him down as a seven on the graphic. Bloody so, hell. So I'm going to get hammered. But um, oh yeah, Watkins. I think Mings was great. Cash for his goal. Great strike from Cash. Just his second goal yeah. of the season. Nice classy uh, tribute to his mate in in Kiev as well. Um, don't know. I got booked for that, but it's another, another matter. But. But yeah, I think today, I think the only one I write, write it down was Luca Dean because I thought, I thought Lamptey got, got ahead of him a, a few times. Lamptey's a good player, really quick. But yeah, I think all over the pitch today, decent value, every single one of them. I just mentioned Watkins breaking his record of, of not scoring. How important is that for him to, to get on the score sheet today? Yeah, some of the catcher, because the, the tellies are right in front of me and I, I, I read him quite clearly. He, put, he, put it to, he pointed to the Villa crest and he said, believe in me, believe in me. So he's had a bit of troubles of late with his form and his confidence has been hit he got dropped last week as we know but today he made a point today I think he's very very good running the channels 
it was like the Watkins we've seen of old last season. Just, just being a nuisance for centre backs and show great pace and power. And such, such a good finish, you know, coming in, Mings ball in and cutting inside and finishing really well. And he made a point to the away fans. Believe in me, believe in me. So I thought that was quite telling today. And, and Gerard, Gerard waxed lyrical about him, very humble. He had a word of him this week saying, you've got it in you to, to really finish this season strongly. And I, I thoroughly believe he can do that. So, yeah, this goal for Watkins can really kickstart him now. That's his sixth of the season. Can he get double figures? Come on. I think that, that's the next challenge for him. Mm. Another double figure season for Watkins, 14 last season. That'll be the aim for him now. Nice carrot for him. And, um, yeah, hopefully he can back, back them up against Southampton next week. Yeah, nice summary. There's a comment here that's saying that Watkins was poor into the goal, and I kind of disagree with that, but also disagree with you to an extent as well. I don't think he was very good. I thought he was better than we've seen yeah. in recent weeks. He was the better striker. We'll talk about Ings in a second. Out of the two, I thought Watkins was the better one, but still not uh, peak Ollie Watkins. We've definitely seen better games from him in terms of work right and stuff. He's kind of getting getting back to, to his old ways to a certain extent, but that goal was massive for him. Some of the pictures I've, I've been working with today of his celebration, he looks absolutely delighted. Um, so yeah, if he backs it up with a, you know, another three or four goals for the rest of the season, that'll, that'll um, definitely go a long way to helping his form. Um, Ings, then I've got I've, I wrote a very quick list of kind of pros and cons, and I put Ings on the on the on the negative side of, of things. I just don't know about the two of them together. Still, uh, the system's different today to get Coutinho behind two strikers, and we've won. So you know, to sit here and say that it didn't work it, it is incorrect, but. You know, Watkins was slightly better of the two for me. And you know, I've just said Watkins wasn't brilliant. I just don't think Ings did enough. There was one stage during commentary where they kind of said, um, you know, he's not barely had a touch of the ball or something. I don't know who the commentator was that said that. It just doesn't quite feel like it's working for him still. And I, again, this is the the topic throughout the whole season. Is it Ings or Watkins? Ings and or Watkins? Who plays? Who doesn't? Who's the better one of the two? And that is still going to rumble on for the, the remainder of the season, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough game today. Villa are out past for large parts of this one and you're going to rely on little moments like that. Had that been Ings racing through from Ings' ball and finishing, would have been lauding him, wouldn't we? So, just a tale of the two strikers today. It was, it was, Watkins, it was Watkins' day today. Ings struggled a little bit, but you need time with Ings. He needs to run of games now. Um, he quite came in from the cold last week against Watford. Didn't really show too much there. Needed another start today. Showed glimpses a little bit, but Brian were on top in that first half and yeah Ings didn't get a sniff at all didn't get any chances didn't have a shot on goal I don't believe and and yeah if Watkins is day today it can happen when you've got two strikers but I think, I think the system yeah. works I think they'll do carry a threat with a pair of them up there but like you say there's not much interchange play between them but you've got to stick with it I think you've got to persevere I think Ings needs a run of games a solid run of games to get, get in the groove I don't think he's been in the groove yet this season he's been in and out and yeah I think I think a decision needs to be made in the summer Regarding regarding mm. him, does he work? I think Villa will be committed to keeping Watkins, like, like I've said. And I think a decision for Ings and himself, Ings wants to play every week for a team, wants to be a talisman. He came in yeah. with Villa big money. They'll be suitors for him. It all depends if he can he can really kick on these final 13 games of the season. Can he, can he, can he make his mark at Villa? Or I think a decision will be made in the summer. I, I, I believe that. So we'll see. What about Buendia? He kind of feels like the the, the the forgotten man in the kind of jubilance of a of a win. Dropping him, you know, before before the game, it was kind of like he was the the one redeeming quality of the last couple of games. Buendia's performances to have him dropped kind of didn't really make sense to a lot of people pre-game. Yeah, he doesn't even get off the bench. I don't think today. Um, 
and Coutinho is kind of the main man, I guess, if you're only going to play one number 10. So if you if you do sit with this formation, what happens to Buendia? Did he have a knock or anything, by the way? I don't know whether Gerard's mentioned it, the fact that he didn't come off the bench. No, he didn't have a knock at all. Just Gerard preferred Coutinho in that role today. I think Buendia's first, first, first being dropped to the bench the first time in 10 games. So just get coming out of the spotlight a little bit, a bit like Watkins did last week, came out of the team a little bit, watched from the bench. I think you can, you can get a lot from that as a player um, out of the firing line. Give them a run of form. I know before kickoff, everyone was up in air. Wendy's our best player. I think I thought he was. I thought he was brighter against uh, against Watford last week than Coutinho. So, but Gerard's persevering with Coutinho. He was very. Um, he praised Coutinho at the end. Gerard, he really did for his shift off the ball as well. And yeah, but Wendy, um, you're gonna you're gonna get that, aren't you? You come out of the team. You'll have a look from afar, and he'll look to come on and make an impact probably next week now. So. Horses for courses today. I think Gerard preferred. He wanted to go with the one number ten. Went with Coutinho. He did okay in there. And in other weeks against another system, I think one day will be a man. So it's going for one or the other at the moment. And Gerard's sticking with Coutinho. There's a. I was going to say an interesting question. I'll say it's semi-interesting from Rich. He said, I've noticed it before, but again today, unless it's him, why doesn't Ollie Watkins celebrate when we score? Yep. Now, when he did score, his, his celebration, he kind of went crazy. He's kind of got the arms out wide there. He's giving it the big one. I didn't see what he did for Cassius, but I'm going to take Rich's word for it here that he didn't celebrate that one. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is as big a talking point as some people are making out. Um, I've recently read uh, Peter Crouch's book and he's obviously a striker and he says that all strikers are greedy. They only care if they score. You'll see a lot of strikers in the game that will lose the game but score and be delighted in the dressing room because they've scored. They don't really care what the team are up to. And I'm not saying that's a, that's a good thing because obviously you, you want your players to play for the team and win. But Ollie Watkins is a selfish striker like they all are and if he scores, he's delighted. If he doesn't score, he's probably thinking, I wish that was me, especially when he's been without a goal for so long. So... I don't massively read too much into that, to be honest, but it is nice when, when someone scores and the whole team are there together because you feel that oh, there's this kind of collective here. Um, if things is kind of, mope, uh, Watkins, sorry, is kind of moping around when someone else has scored, uh, that is going to roll people to a certain extent. But I just think strikers are greedy and they want to be the main man. Yeah, that's what the, that's the food and drink, isn't it? That's what they get paid for, to score goals. And when they're not get, not scoring, they start questioning themselves. I'm sure Watkins has questioned himself over the last few weeks, not getting enough of the ball. His hold-up play at Newcastle wasn't great, and he came out of the team. So today was a big relief for him. Um, I think I think a huge vote of confidence from Gerard to, to throw him back in there from the start and, and partnering with Ings. And had a conversation with Watkins this week. He said, "I believe in you. Go and show it." And he did today. So Gerard was chuffed with him afterwards. And I won't read too much into being. I think strikers are selfish. That, that 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 they have to be, don't they? When they're around yeah. the goals, when when they don't score, they're not happy. Rightly so, when they score, they're on top of the world. So that's the way it should be today. So, yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, just got the stats in front of me now. I think Danny Ings had 23 touches of football today, and Ollie Watkins had 28. But um, Watkins had one shot, one shot on target and scored. So, tired of the two strikers today, and Watkins is die. Um, yeah, the pair of them were, were quiet in spells and they worked hard for the team. But like I say, it was a team shift today and a really good team performance. So, I think Watkins will be buzzing with his goal, and that's your kickstart Ings into wanting to replicate in that and, and outdoing his, his teammate yeah that's that surprises me I thought Watkins and Ings would have had a bigger gap between them and five touches is, five is touches, nothing yeah. really but I'm kind of outside thinking Watkins played okay and Ings was rubbish probably wasn't really the case no. um, the only other negative I had was, was Douglas Louise 
Uh, you yep. kind of rated him pretty well in your player ratings, but the, the a lot of the Facebook comments that we're live at the moment are talking about Douglas Wee still not being good enough and maybe Sanson deserves to start next week or I'm not going to pronounce his surname, Big Tim coming on as his debut. People on Twitter saying, you know, get him in, get him in for a start next week. Yeah. Of course, I quite see that happening at, at, at the moment. Um, what did you make of Douglas Wee? I think he was better today than he has been, but still yep. not quite to... The standards. Phil Curley here says Douglas was shocking, so I don't think we're going to come out of this conversation that well. So I don't think he was that bad as as what some people are saying, just from bits I've seen. Um, so yeah, what do you think? Yeah, a little bit better from Douglas today. Um, I thought he, like I say, he bit, I said he bit down on his gum shield. He he got in Brighton's faces a little bit more today. He caused a nuisance to himself, got stuck in, and yeah, I mean, if we had if we had Basuma in there. I think results would improve tenfold at Villa if we swapped him around. But like you say, I think Douglas was much improved today. Gerard had a word of him when he came off for about 30 seconds. He told him what he thought. I think, I think they've had a word this week with Douglas. And I thought he did okay today. I really did. He's always top of the, the, the past completion stats, is Douglas. So, I mean, today he did okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing extraordinary from, from Douglas, but a slight improvement. So, we'll take that into next week. I think a case for those starting in midfield. And Gerard went against Shuri Callum Chambers in there today, um, so that, that's quite telling. And you know, the, the man that come on for him, Morgan Sanson. I need to, I need to ask Gerard a little bit more about him, what his plans, how's he been feeling over the last few weeks? Because I thought I thought Sanson looked pretty decent when he came on today, showed show some good touches, mm. and um, look, look hungry to impress. So I think it's a shootout between them at the moment to, to fill that number six role, uh, uh, Douglas and Sanson, and. And yeah, I mean, can McGinn play in there? Possibly. But at the moment, Gerard's sticking with Douglas Louise and I thought it was a slight improvement today, so we'll take that. The final thing, I'm wary of taking up too much of your time because I know you've got, you've got, I can't even talk, you've got other things to do. Um, let's talk about relegation. I don't even really want to be talking about this, to be honest. We're on 30 points now. I think Burnley are 18th to 21. They've got a couple of games in hand. Um, they had loads of postponed fixtures, didn't they? Come on here from Brett. He says this season is all about staying up. And there was a lot of talk in, after the defeats to Newcastle and Watford saying, you know, we're going to get dragged into a relegation battle, etc., etc. And I was saying, yeah, Villa can, I think they can afford to win one, lose three like three times this season and that, that nine points will be enough to, to get them to 37 or 38 or whatever it would be, which will surely be enough. And that would be a rubbish end to the season to win one, lose three, win one, lose three. You'd, you'd kind of go, cross that's a bit rubbish. Just the fact that we're now like over that kind of just 30 threshold, we survived on 35 a couple of years ago. Yeah, There's 13 games left, I think it is. Are we really not going to pick up another six or seven points this season? But to no. me, relegation just doesn't seem possible like if we do get relegated from this point we absolutely deserve it and the clubs is absolute shambles because to get relegated from this position would be a disaster and all the other clubs have to do a lot a lot to, to make that ground up and Newcastle are fine up there Burnley still look poor Watford are still look poor and who's the other one Norwich are basically down already Leeds are, are dropping like a stone they, they'll be the ones you'd be more worried about than Villa yeah so for me relegation just doesn't even seem like a possibility, it's not even worth talking about, really. I've, even though I've just spent two minutes explaining my stance on it. So, what what are your thoughts? To me, we're, we're easily going to pick up another eight or nine points at least this season, surely. Hundred percent, Dan. We, there's no way they're getting relegated. What I've seen today, um, coming to a Brighton side, Brighton, Brighton have been good this season. I know they're on a sticky patch at the moment. We're coming to their backyard and, and, and breezing past them two zip 
and that, that shows you Villa have got it in themselves. Villa have got Burnley to play twice. They've got Leeds away to come. They've got Norwich who are down there as well. So they've got sides who are, are below in the table. They'll, they'll be telling games, but if Villa were to go down, that, I think that, that, that'll cost Gerard his job, but that's not going to happen. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's not going to happen hey, this season. I can't see it happening. With, with the quality Villa have got in the ranks, I mean, on the bench today, I've got some options there. We haven't seen the best of Leon Bailey yet. I'm, I'm waiting for him to explode onto the scene again. And Buendia was an option from the bench today. There's too many options on the bench to, to, to say that. I mean, got Ings and Watkins. When you're down, down the bottom, you need, a, you need a striker who can score goals. And Watkins proved that today. With that one, we've got Ings. He's a sharpshooter in this league. So, no, I think Villa got too much to go down. I really have. Southampton next week, Villa Park again. Villa haven't won at Villa Park since December 5th. Be a long while now. So that that would that, be good to to break that hoodoo and get get Villa Park back to being a happy place again. That that'd be good. But yeah, we've got, we've got winnable games coming up. Going to places like West Ham coming up. That that'll be different. That'd be a, a good test for Villa. You've got Wolves at Wolves at Molyneux, I believe, as well. Good another mm-hmm. good test to see where they're at compared to their squad. Wolves are flying this season, I know that. But it'd be good to see where Villa are at in terms of going up against Wolves who are flying and, and teams like West Ham so I mean there's lots and lots to learn there's 13 games left got to play Burnley twice as I've mentioned so punch on the board to take and I think Villa are looking up up rather than down and Gerard has, has challenged his players this week for, to a top 10 finish which will be a, a, an improvement on last season's 11 play so yeah top 10's the aim I think if Villa can get that they'll go a long way of going to do that if they beat Southampton next week so Tricky game next week, Dan Southampton. I think Villa mm. need to back up, back up this 2 0 win here with with another result. I think they need to do that. I mean, they, they went to Everton, didn't they? Won one at Everton. You're thinking, come on, then let's back it up again. And they went okay. on this little little sticky patch. So let's start back backing up results. Back to back wins would be nice, Dan. Yeah, that really would be nice. By no means am I saying it's going to be easy. To, by the way, to to win another five or six games this season, but you know. Just relegation just doesn't seem. Uh, there's people in the comments saying, you know, "I'm not going to kind of rest on relegation until it's mathematically secure." And the last decade, score. I mean, I agree. Like it, it is, it is still kind of a little bit tetchy, but surely, just by the law of averages, you win two or three for the rest of the season. Like Villa aren't going to lose 13 in a row or get five draws and nine defeats or something. Like they'll win a few games and be absolutely fine. I'm convinced of it. And um, very quickly, so I'm wary of your time. Chuck Ramaker not on the bench. Do we know whether he was injured or, or anything? She's got a slight knock, yeah. So Tommy Tommy O'Reilly stepped up to the bench today. Tommy O'Reilly's been travelling with um, as Villa spare man. Really good 18 year old Dan. He's he's dubbed the little mini Phil Foden by his youngsters. Very clever player. Um, Left footed, creative midfielder. So he, he replaced Chuck Morick on the bench today. Carney's carrying a little bit of the knock. So um, that, that, that was the decision with that one. Okay, that'll do, I think. Oh, quickly, the sure. ref. What was going on with the referee? So many was, yellow cards. I, it was it was supply teacher vibes for me. Lost control yes. of the classroom. Let him let him get, let him get away yeah. with a lot of silly things early on. And that Watkins one is the one for me with with Cucurella kind of elbowing him, and Watkins gets booked somehow for the aftermath. It's just bizarre. Don't understand. Don't get how how with the so many yellow cards. And I think that said something like he's only refereed four Premier League games or something. You kind of thought, yeah, yeah. you can tell. <laughs> Yeah, nine yellow cards throughout. I think most of them were in the first half, to be fair. He was a bit of a, like a bitty game, wasn't he? Like you say, lots of stoppages. I think Brighton's play acting didn't have, didn't have Villa's matters either. I think Brighton tried to get get, get the ref on their side early doors. And he, yeah, he, 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 got, he bit the bait, didn't he, really? Villa, Villa getting booked throughout that. Even Ming's picking up a silly one. Ming's only went over to see why Cucurella was, was such so, so dr- 
dramatic on the on the side after getting one in the face. So he got booked for that one. So a lot of silly bookings today, and, and yeah, a lot a lot's been made of, of Cash getting booked for his 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 classy gestures to his mate in Kiev. So uh, Gerard said he'll take that one. Up, take that one. He, he didn't he didn't remind the players of. of, of I, mean, I don't know what Gerard said afterwards. He's, he'll take that booking because he didn't remind the players of not not not. not showing solidarity to, to, to Ukraine, but I'm not too sure what went on there. But as the ref today, just his third Premier League game, bit of a bit of inexperience and it showed. Luckily, Villa, Villa got over the line with 11 men. And um, yeah, they're going to next week now. Full of confidence, I hope. Yeah, let's call it a day there then for the, the third time of me saying that. Um, I'm surprised we got this far. Normally when you're in stadium and you've got stuff to do, we only do like 10 or 15 minutes. So thank you very much for your extended time. Um, thanks for all the comments for getting involved as always. Um, kind of tried to guide the conversation through your suggestions. So thanks for getting involved. Uh, Ash, uh, we'll be back in the week. Maybe we'll come some kind of preview for Southampton, but we'll, um, we'll see how things go later in the week. And then hopefully back this time next week. Is it Saturday, by the way? Saturday, Saturday, 3 o'clock, Southampton, yeah. Yeah. 3.30 would be nice let's kick up at 3.30 every week if we're going to keep winning <laughs> um, but yeah we'll be back next week same time with the, with the post-match debrief um, but yeah until then thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again soon thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa up the villa